At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, December 14th, 2022 edition. And we're almost at the point where we are counting down the final days of the year, final days up until Christmas. And yeah, only Christmas is 11 days away. Been down to single digits. I know I have to do some Christmas shopping myself. But as I've talked about uh, yesterday, it's important to remind you that tomorrow we are presenting our wealth webinar, which is called Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. And this is a free online wealth webinar. It's going to be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, December 15th. That is tomorrow. So, but you do have to register. You can head over to investtalk.com. You'll find it uh, easily there, uh, all over Plastered, but also in the webinar uh, drop-down menu. So you can head over there and, and register. Now, the topics will include a look at the current macro environment, the Fed's role in all of this, both in the past as well as going forward. Then look at different asset classes, which ones will likely do better or worse going forward. What are the fixed income opportunities and various ways to earn incomes with selling options and dividend investing, uh, et cetera. So we'll answer certain questions like what is the near and long-term outlook for inflation and which sources of income are best suited for each type of investor and how can you limit risk? Never eliminating, understanding the risk and limiting the risk when you're searching for income. So this is free. Tomorrow, it's going to be live, so we'll have a, about a 45-minute presentation and then about a 15-minute Q&A session at the end. So it'll go from about 2 p.m. Pacific time to 3 p.m., and you can learn more once again and register at investtalk.com. Now, back to why you are here, which is hearing my thoughts on markets and different topics, and most importantly, answering your finance and investment questions to help you create a more defined, more successful path to the financial future that you desire. And that means being well-educated, well-informed, and having the mindset to make consistently smart decisions with your money, whether that's savings or investing or spending. Now, it might be it might be tempting to pretend the market today is just like it was last year. A lot of people have recency bias, and the recency, you know, most recent uh, has is, is a volatile market. But I think still people have that kind of post-COVID up until the end of last year type of mindset. Uh, and I'm here to try to break you of that and help you pay attention and react in real time to this constantly changing market. 
And if you don't, then you're gonna, your portfolio is going to be improperly balanced. So I'm Justin Klein, and I'm excited for this hour with you. And my focus point concerns the story behind this question. Is it possible to protect your portfolio from inflation? It's a bit of a primer on what we're going to talk about tomorrow, but I definitely want to get to how inflation affects current consumption and how it eats into investment returns and what you can do about it in your portfolio. Now, time permitting, I also dig into some other topics such as the FTX drama and the cautionary tale there, what it can teach you about pitfalls of investing. And then airline stocks, we had JetBlue come out with a revenue guidance, and we're going to look at what they said and what that means for probably the consumer as well as other airline stocks. And then lastly, we're going to touch on the changes the SEC is trying to make within the brokerage community and how trades are executed on exchanges so we're going to look at that we also have some voice bank questions to play one is on ordinary qualified dividends and then united microelectronics umc so we have this all planned for you on today's episode of invest stock but most importantly your live calls at 888.99 chart let's take a look at the market today we had a modest down day on the fed announcement that they're, they rate, they're going to raise 50 basis points uh, during this uh, in this meeting. This going to pull up the Fed Watcher. Uh, so they wrote, they they raised the the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points. So from 375 to 3.25. Excuse me, 3.25. Sorry, not 3.25. Yeah, 3.25 to 3.75 and 400. So that range, uh, 400 basis points. So that's where we're at. And the expectation for next month now, our next meeting is 25 basis points. That's a 74% chance that that's where it's going to be. So it was actually relatively dovish overall for the February meeting. Um, so that's, that was the announcement today. Um, it sounded hawkish based on the rhetoric, but overall the market reaction was a down dollar. That's bullish. You had interest rates that was about flat overall, so not a huge reaction. Uh, but equities sold off slightly, but nothing major. We still remain in this kind of consolidation phase. And frankly, I don't expect a whole lot up or down for the balance of the year. Now let's go to a live call. We're going to talk to Chris in New York. He wants to look at Mosaic. Hi, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was looking to add a fertilizer stock. And I was deciding between Mosaic, MOS, and CF Industries. I was wondering if you can do a comparison. Uh, yeah, this is uh, pretty easy, easy. We own CF for our clients. And the reason is, is because we like the nitrogen fertilizers more. Uh, there's less ability for there to be supply, to, for supply to come on market. Uh, as opposed to okay. Mosaic, they make phosphate and potash, which that's there, there's more capacity globally for that to come on market and you can just see that with the relative strength here the mosaics relative strength is right at 37 whereas cf is up around 84 although it has you know pulled back with the rest of the, the fertilizer industry uh it's still doing much much better than you know most other companies within the space so uh if i'm picking one or the other definitely going with cf industries 
888-99 chart, 888-992-4278 to get through and ask your question on today's show. And we are going to head into a quick break. And I'm ready for your calls live at 888-99 chart. In today's environment, it can be difficult to evaluate and then adequately adjust for the hazards introduced by the various forces affecting the markets. So KPP Financial is preparing a special wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. The webinar will be led by KPP Principal and Talk host, Justin Klein. This free online wealth webinar will be presented live this Thursday, December 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. The InvestTalk listener line is open. Don't forget to call. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Christmas will be here soon, and then comes New Year's. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point concerns the story behind this question. Is it possible to protect your portfolio from inflation? We're going to dig into this more tomorrow. But, you know, we just had the inflation data yesterday. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that consumer price index rose 7.1% annualized in the month of November. That was down from 7.7% down from in October. And if you pull out shelter, which is a lagging indicator, uh, we're right around the flat line uh, when it comes to like, how you want to weight goods versus services. But the big question for investors is simply, how do you handle this inflationary environment. Inflation is that. So you really, that's one thing we're going to touch on tomorrow is near term, inflation is actually going to probably come down. But long term, inflation is going to be relatively thick. So you really have to understand those dynamics. In the short term, a lot of things can happen. But secularly, we were in a secular the deflationary world or disinflationary world with globalization. Now we're entering a secularly inflationary world with deglobalization or regionalization. And that doesn't mean that you can't have years where inflation moderates. Just like, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, you've had plenty of years where uh, inflation has accelerated. But for the most part, it's trended lower. So in that environment, you have to be prepared. And, and the big question is, how do you adjust your asset allocation mix? Now, the first thing is young investors typically are heavily weighted in stocks. And that probably shouldn't change much. Whereas retirees, pre-retirees, they're more weighted on fixed income assets. And then that's where you probably have to pay attention a little bit more and be 
at least leaning on inflation hedges. Obviously, I bonds have been pretty popular. There's limitations to that. Uh, $10,000 per year per person. You lack liquidity. You don't get paid out a, a dividend payment or an interest payment like you do with normal bonds. You're paid out your interest that you've earned when you sell the bond, which you can't do for the first year. Now, tips is another opportunity to hedge, but the problem with tips is that there's already an embedded expectation for inflation in the price. So if inflation is where uh, it ends up being around where it, the price in amount was when you purchased it, then it's not going to be really a drag on performance. But if you buy tips when there's already a lot of inflation priced into them and then inflation doesn't come in quite as high, that can actually hurt you overall. So understanding tips is, is vital if you're going to invest in them. Commodity funds can spike before inflation really increases, right? Because it feeds into inflation. So having some exposure there, probably a good thing. And then it comes down to companies, individual companies. Equity exposure is typically good over the long run for an inflationary environment, but some companies have pricing power. They can raise their prices and maintain their margins, and that's actually a fairly good environment for them. Others, not so much. Others have high input costs, and their ability to match that higher input cost with price increases is not that great, and therefore their margins get squeezed, and multiples contract, earnings contract, and not a great place to invest. On top of that, high inflation can mean a lot of volatility. So there can be great buying opportunities. So you always have to be more aware. You know, the tech and growth side of the market has gone down dramatically over the last year. But there are a handful of babies being thrown out the bathwater. A handful, not a lot, but a handful. So being aware of that and being able to pick up those opportunities is, is vital. And there's no one-size-fits-all type of approach. Inflation typically impacts bond-heavy portfolios, then stock-heavy ones, and bond-like instruments. So utility companies, those are bond-like instruments. Consumer staples, they're typically bond-like investments. So you have to understand that too. What are the characteristics of bonds and fixed income? portfolios or assets. Preferred shares, for example. I know it's preferred equity, but really more like a bond. And there's a lot of duration risk there. There's a lot of bond-like features. So you can, you can be good at spotting the inflation, but how do you prepare? And that's something we're going to get into a little bit more tomorrow, but that was a brief primer on how to think about structuring your portfolio in while once again inflation coming down longer term is what you really need to be thinking about now we're heading into a break i welcome your finance and investment questions now no question is too simple or too complex you set the agenda so give investlock a call at 888 chart bill from san diego hang on you will be next on invest talk
One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Let's go talk to Bill in San Diego who wants to talk about charts. Hey guys, um, thank you for the show. Happy holidays. You too. I'm looking at the uh, stock BA and the one year chart seems to indicate a double bottom. I'm wondering if this is a buy signal. Are you talking about Boeing BA? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't see a double. Oh, okay. I gotcha. yeah, if you book on a weekly chart, I don't see it, how many it, of the charts, but the one year, it yeah, up. I mean it's it, it made a higher low. Uh, you know, usually a double bottom is right around the exact same price. And if you look on the one year chart, the low was back in June around one fourteen, and in late September it hit about one twenty. So, you know, not quite uh, really a double bottom. Uh, you know, a double bottom to me would be within a dollar of that 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 low in june so i wouldn't call it that um and remember a stock chart is only one part of the picture it's you know we use a three-prong approach which is macro what's going on with the the broad economy and what companies are going to benefit or be hurt by that broad economy uh then there's the micro so which companies are well run have good businesses uh, are, are trading at a relatively cheap price, uh, whereas the market get gotten gotten it wrong on those these particular names. And then the technical, which is the chart, to see if that is lining up, the trends are starting to improve there. And I will say with Boeing, the trends are improving. My issue is with the other two, macro and micro. Boeing has been terribly run for many years now. You see that with the, with the, eight, with the 737 MAX or whatever. And, and that scandal, and then you have them buying back shares and, and layering on a bunch of debt at very, very high stock prices. Um, and, and just, it's been poorly managed. And so not a name based on those two factors that I would want to own. Now, technically, it's definitely got a lot stronger. It's made a higher high and higher low now for really since June. Um, and so that's overall a positive, but it doesn't mean all of the factors are lining up. And so that's what you have to have to understand is um, it's one aspect that isn't uh, going to be your gospel. Nothing, none of it should be your gospel. Should never be. Oh, there's this one factor. I'm going to buy it based on this one thing. Whether that's oh, it's cheap. Whether oh, I, I like the the CEO or I like the way the chart's looking. Whatever it is, it's putting all of these factors together. Uh, now, Boeing, that's not a double bottom, but the technicals are getting better, but not a name I'm buying right now. Good Rich in the Bay Area. He wants to talk about cash flow. Uh, hey, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. So I'm wondering what's the difference, uh, like where the money goes between uh, earnings and cash flow. Um, and basic question for you, but I always wondered. And then the other question, sorry, I had was when I read earnings of um, – REITs, is that um, the uh, FFO or AFFO, or do I have to specifically look for those numbers? 
Sure. Yeah. So uh, for REITs, it, it's expressed as funds from operation. So that's more of like an operating number. Uh, and the main reason that's uh, used is because they're mainly dealing in real estate. And if you look at earnings, there's things called depreciation. And you can kind of play with depreciation schedules in a big way. Um, and it, it, it kind of skews the way the the real business is operating because it's really all about cash flows when you're owning properties and renting them out. And that's a lesson for anybody out there that's investing in real estate. It's all about the cash flows, the funds from operations. So you always want to look at FFO. Um, and then that kind of informs what uh, your the answer to your first question is, what's the difference between cash flow and earnings is all of the things that are non-cash items in the earnings picture, like depreciation, like amortization. Okay, and those are accounting metrics that can be roughly accurate. Um, and there could also be gains that are added to earnings or you know, added to it to make it look rosier than it is. Um, and IBM was, or GE was, uh, sorry, not IBM, uh, GE was very good at this. Remember the Jack Welch era? You know, what they would do is they would sell a property and book a gain on it and make their earnings look a bit better or, you know, more in line with uh, what analysts were expecting. But that really wasn't reflective of the true underlying business. And so that's why, you know, you want to look at things like EBITDA or cash flow to make sure that that is a bit more accurate. Now, remember, cash flow is also broken down in three segments. There's operating cash flow, investing cash flow, and financing cash flow. So if you go and issue a bond or you sell stock, it's going to be positive cash flow. But is that really, does that really mean that the business is, is creating that cash flow? No, you're just selling stakes in the business, uh, whether that is an equity stake or a, a bond stake, and you're getting cash flow for it. So it's not just about the, the cash flow or free cash flow, but what about the operating cash flow? That's most important. So when you're digging into these numbers, you really have to think dynamically and understand what they mean. So hopefully that helped a little bit and shed some light on the accounting side. Not exciting, but definitely important when you're understanding these figures. Now we're heading into a break and tomorrow is our wealth webinar. So head over to investtalk.com and register. But give me a call now at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, 
listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Since the pandemic and for most of 2022, investors have had to face the multifaceted challenges of changing market dynamics. So KPP Financial is preparing a special wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World, this Thursday, December 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Go talk to David in New Hampshire, looking at William Sonoma. Hi, Justin. This is Dave from New Hampshire. I'm wondering about maybe picking up some William Sonoma here at the current price and uh, what price you think might be a good place to buy it at. We'll get your thoughts on that. Thanks. All right. William Sonoma. Now, this is a, a tougher one because we know the housing market slowing. And earnings are expected to drop 13% next year. It's probably going to be worse than that, frankly, if you're looking at the dynamics within the, uh, the consumer spending and uh, the home buying industry. Uh, but Williams-Sonoma historically has been a very consistent performer. So you're definitely looking at the right type of name. It has very minimal debt, which I like. Uh, what I want to look for here is like the price to sales ratio, which is not at bargain basement levels. Back in 08, it was at 0.2. Now it's at 0.9. Uh, it was at the high end of the range right around uh, April of last year, right? 2%. So it's kind of in the, it, it's kind of fairly priced. Um, I don't find it particularly cheap uh, based on long-term earnings or particularly expensive. It is at some pretty good support, but its recent relative strength makes me say it's probably going to go lower. It's been consolidating uh, here for a, a while. And I'm going to say right around $85. Now it's at $116. That's probably how I, would, how I would pick it up. But I like the name uh, overall, and you want to be thinking about buying this on dips, uh, but yeah, I just don't love the technical setup right now, which makes me think it's going to head lower. Okay, thanks. Let's go to Gino in San Jose looking at ABGO Broadcom. Yes, hi, Justin. How are you doing? Uh, wanted to wanted to find out more about the um, – I got some shares already of um, Broadcom uh, mm -hmm. before the earnings, and I wanted to see how do you look at it right now after the earnings and so on. Wanted to see if pick up more shares of that. Yeah, so earnings came out, uh, revenue up 21%, earnings up 34% year over year. Earnings are expected for 2023 to be up 8% and 6% for 2024. This is one of the most consistent 
chip companies out there. It's not the sexy, exciting name, and its products are are not you know the high end, high end of the spectrum when it comes to the most sophisticated tr- chips. But they are well diversified across various end markets, and it has radio frequency filters and amplifiers in things like the Apple iPhones, Samsung Galaxy devices, as well as set-top box processors and uh, network semiconductors. So it's a very large, about $232 billion market cap and consistently profitable uh, name. Now, it's probably over-earning right now. Its operating margin is 43%. Historically, that's been closer to 25%. So the chip sector is highly cyclical. And you typically get a reversion to that longer term margin meet. And I think you're going to get there with, with Broadcom. Um, I don't think it's cheap. I don't think it's expensive right here. Um, so it's kind of a hold for me. Probably not an area that I'd be buying more. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to sell it because I don't think it's uh, uh, overvalued. And I like the company long term. Very solid, consistent. Uh, performer. So, you know, two calls in a row. Good names, fairly priced, uh, and you're likely to see more volatility in the first half of next year. That might give you some better buying opportunities. Thanks for the call. 88899 chart, 88992-4278. We have about 20 minutes left in the show. Now let's pivot over to the lessons you could learn from the downfall of Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. And he's the perfect example of the kind of fake it till you make it mentality that has kind of permeated social media and younger generation to where you talk a big game and you figure it out. And sometimes figuring out is embellishing a little bit and sometimes figuring out figuring it out or fake it till you make it is flat out flat out fraud and i'm sure as he sits in the bohemian jail probably till sometime next year facing extradition he's going to be thinking about that line that he clearly crossed and how he's going to explain to the jury. But this is kind of a feature of American entrepreneurship, capitalism, and our love affair with entrepreneurial, quote-unquote, geniuses. And if you look in the past, you realize that Some of them are legit. Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos of the world, Bill Gates, you know, they, they truly were pioneers and built something very innovative. And they were very bold. And sometimes it takes being bold to really make it. But what you have to realize about those three that did succeed is that they were hyper-focused on the product and bringing value 
to their user. And too many times in today's world, it's more about being boisterous and talking a big game, style over substance. And this can kind of pull the wool over the eyes of even seasoned investors. This happened with Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. She's serving an 11-year jail sentence now for defrauding investors. And these weren't unsophisticated investors. Rupert Murdoch, Larry Ellison, they were caught up in that scandal. Even Isaac Newton fell for the South Sea bubble, buying into the story. But it's about matching the story with what's a reasonable value. And in FDX's case, big pension funds, Sequoia Capital, which is a venture, very large venture capitalist firm, they got caught up in the story. They didn't pay attention to the details. They didn't do their due diligence. And frankly, some of them should have never been playing the game in the crypto space, like pension funds. They shouldn't be investing in highly volatile sectors. You know, private venture capital, that's the name of the game. Pension funds, uh-uh. And so this goes back down to, what's your risk tolerance level? You have to understand that first. And behind the celebrity endorsements and the crypto babble that most people don't understand, John Ray, the current restructuring expert who's now the new CEO, called this old school embezzlement. And it's another lesson to not believe the hype. Do your own research. Don't believe what just somebody says. Trust, but verify. And guess what? We all have flaws. Some bigger than others. And some so big that they're so sociopathic that they're more than willing to defraud investors for their own gain. And clearly, FD, uh, Sam Bakeman-Fried was, was one of those. And sometimes it's a fine line between genius and fraudster. But it's up to you, the investor, to make that delineation. Now, from time to time, we receive a HubSpot submitted contact form question. So let's get to one now. Duncan F. says, on a previous podcast, someone asked about the difference between data that they got from stock research companies, such as Morningstar. What other research companies would you suggest to your listeners to follow, especially for value of investing that the market right now is better for value investing? Well, there's a lot of great tools out there. It's really about what you can afford, what makes sense. So the first place is always your broker. Your broker should have some research for you, some data for you for free. Maybe that's enough. Oftentimes, it's not that user-friendly, but maybe you can figure it out. So that's number one. Number two, you know, we use YCharts. We use MarketSmith. Uh, we obviously use Morningstar. We have other data that TD Ameritrade uh, gets us. 
We have bond data that we collect from companies like Market Access and, and others. So we have various sources ourselves, um, but it's really about what fits you. Guess what? Yahoo Finance should not be where you get your data. You should probably pay for it to some degree. But your broker should be the first place you turn. Now, the end of the year is coming up quick. And with these changing market dynamics, I hope you are well aware of the changing uh, or uh, the, the, the changes that will impact your financial future and the strategy you're going to need to succeed. And that's part of what we're going to focus on tomorrow. And so if you need help understanding where you're at and where you should be headed so that you can, you can, you can run with the wind at your back. You know, low interest rates, free money, that put the wind in the back of many interesting, exciting, growthier, techier names. Now, off the top, the wind's at their base. So the wind's always blowing. It's just a matter of where are you going to run? They're always blowing in one direction. You need to be able to put your finger in the air and assess where that wind is going. Otherwise, you're just guessing. It means you're lost. You don't know. You don't, can't feel the wind until it shows up in your portfolio. And, you know, maybe you did good, maybe you didn't. Well, if you need help understanding, how to adjust your portfolio, I encourage you to reach out to myself or CPZ at our company, KHP Financial, where we operate the same philosophy with independent thinking and shared success. We practice parallel on that. We need to invest right alongside our clients. So you can set up a portfolio review assessment via telephone or go through meeting. No obligation is head over to investtalk.com. sooner you reach out, the sooner we can help get your portfolio optimized and get the wind at your back. Now, this is Invest Talk. We thank you for downloading and telling your friends and family about our podcast. Next up, another caller question, so hang on. In today's environment, it can be difficult to evaluate and then adequately adjust for the hazards introduced by the various forces affecting the markets. So KPP Financial is preparing a special wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. The webinar will be led by KPP principal and InvestTalk host, Justin Klein. This free online wealth webinar will be presented live this Thursday, December 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Learn more and register now at InvestTalk.com. Hello, this is Matthew from Florida. I looked at uh, this company, UNC, United Microelectronics Corp. I see that it's a Taiwanese semiconductor position, and I was just looking to see what would be a good buy price for this company, and would you recommend purchasing this company to add a semiconductor position to my portfolio? 
it would only uh, account for about three to five percent of my portfolio and i see that it had a pullback with uh, the majority of the market as well thanks and i'll listen to the show all right this is umc united microelectronics 3.6 billion dollar market cap but it has a ton of cash on its balance sheet basically net about four billion dollars in cash so very strong financial position it's trading at enterprise value even about three times that's pretty cheap i like that uh the issue here will be geopolitical this is out of taiwan and obviously with uh the new chips act there's uh some incentives for companies to bring their chip boundaries back to the u.s and you have geopolitical concerns because they're fat they're, they have 12 facilities where they produce chips for companies like Qualcomm and Broadcom and Texas Instruments, etc. But those 12 are in Taiwan, mainland China, Japan, Singapore, all in, you know, Southeast Asia. And long term, you worry that their, their advantage that is, you know, is built up over the years is it dwindling now. Um, now, technically, it looks like it's a uh, basing right here below the moving average, ready to break out. So, if you are okay with that risk, then I kind of like it right here. This is Invest Talk. We're heading into our final break. So, give me a call now at 888 99 Chart. The holiday season is here. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty, and they welcome your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Elizabeth in Florida. I was wondering if you could explain the difference between ordinary and qualified dividends and how I can tell which kind the company pays out. Thank you. All right. Well, the difference is simple. Ordinary is just what it sounds. It's taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Typically, these are companies like REITs and limited partnerships. Math limited partnerships are very common uh, in the market. So those are dividends that are paid. Those are passed through entities. And so they're paid at the ordinary income tax or rate. And if it's more of your, your typical corporation that's listed on exchanges, and uh, your income is going to be more qualified dividends. Um, so it's really about the corporate structure that they have and how those are paid out. And that's the difference between ordinary and qualified dividends. Thanks for the call. Now, let's touch quickly on airlines. JetBlue just warned that they are going to see revenue come in below expectations for the fourth quarter. It's the first major sign that consumer travel is fading. A lot of pent-up demand during the pandemic. People had money in their pocket. And uh, this previous summer, it was travel galore. But now those savings are dwindling. And it's uh, spending on travel is starting to to feel it. Now, JetBlue shares fell nine percent, and United Airlines they fell seven percent. Delta fell five, and American Airlines was down six percent. And this JetBlue said its current quarter revenue would likely come at the low end of its prior guidance between fifteen and nineteen percent from two thousand and nineteen levels. So still above two thousand nineteen levels, but starting to downshift and this is another indication that hey uh, we're heading into a recession people it's going to be likely mild not going to be a major one but 
a recession is still a recession and you're starting to get those signs. Now, when people like the time to leave an Invest Talk review on iTunes, I'd like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. Randall1951 says, I own British Petroleum, but I'm not sure if I should keep it. I'm up 98%, but they're losing money. The dividend payout ratio is negative, and I can't help but wonder if I should look for a better company in the energy space. I have ExxonMobil, and as well uh, and, and as well as they're doing, I still like something that would be complementary. And the simple answer to your question is yes, VP historically hasn't been very well run it isn't losing money so I, I don't know where you're seeing that but it's pivoting away from traditional forms of energy and investing a lot more in the green energy space and frankly they're one of the reasons why all the other companies within the space are going to continue to print capital print cash because other large companies who have the ability and the wherewithal and the expertise to go and drill for more oil and gas, they're not doing it. And so BP isn't well positioned for higher energy prices because their output isn't growing. And so you absolutely should be thinking of a better name, now, Exxon, sim similar in the sense it's well diversified like BP, but at least they're investing in new, in new supply. I would definitely pivot to something different. Uh, take your, your gains, if it's a taxable account, maybe wait till 2023, so you're not paying that uh, during the taxes coming up uh, in the new year. But shifting over to companies that are growing output, not taking all of that profit and funneling into greener projects that typically have low returns on capital. So I agree with you, Randall out of BP and into hopefully a, a company that has exposure to the natural gas base. That's what I would uh, try to advise you on is uh, that would be complimentary to Exxon, even though Exxon does have a lot of natural gas exposure, uh, but would be much better than BP. Stay with the larger names. Don't get into these speculative names with very low income, low, low revenue. Stick with the larger, more uh, diversified. Thanks for the call. Now I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. CPs, and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And a reminder tomorrow, Thursday, December 15th, you are invited to join our free online wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Great World. And I just look at the number of attendees. We're approaching our cap for attendees. So if you want to attend, thinking about potentially attending, you want to get over to our website now and register. Remember, it starts at 2 p.m. Pacific time, but you need to register at investtalk.com right now. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Good night. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, 
Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening. And your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.